we can always find our truth in our gut if we're willing to listen to it. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach over at choosetohaveitall.com. And wow, this episode has been a feat getting to you. And all I'm trying to do is give you a little mindset minute. But I have been trying all day to get my recording and my Wi-Fi connection simply to deliver a message to you. So um, I certainly hope it's worth it, right? Because at one point, a little while ago, I was like, oh God, I'll just do it tomorrow. And then I realized that if I were my own client, because a lot of times when I'm kind of stuck, that's one of the things I do. If I was my own client, I would have said, is this really important to you? And if it's really important to to you, you're going to find a way. So I'm talking to you from a parking lot right now because it seems to be a place that's giving me consistent reception, good quality audio, and I can get this quick little bit out to you. Because what I wanted to do was share a mindset minute with you in real time around trusting our guts. I think what you'll find in you're talking to people about mindset and you're talking in the business space, so many people overuse and overshare the word finding your truth, being authentic, saying what you really mean, showing up unapologetically. And you've certainly heard that verbiage from me. Those are words and phrases that I use on a regular basis. I think a lot of times it gets overcomplicated and people overthink it, which, you know, surprise, surprise in the personal development space that we're going to find people who overthink just a tad. But I do think people make it harder than it needs to be. And I think that's because fear gets in the way. We start to worry about, well, what if I say this and X happens? What if I do this and Y happens? And we create this life or death story that if we don't do it right, if we don't word it correctly, if we don't pick the right time, if we haven't, you know, crossed all our T's and dotted all our I's, the whole thing's just going to fall apart and it's all going to go to heck in a handcart. And I think sometimes that's what gets in our way of finding out who we are and how we move through the world. And I had this really amazing moment yesterday where the only way I know how to describe it is body memory took over. The core of who I am and how I move through the world just came to me without any thinking. And I think oftentimes we're so used to ignoring our gut, double checking ourselves that we forget and lose sight of who we really are. So I want to share my story with you, and I want you to give some thought to how often do you censor yourself? How often do you edit what you're really thinking? If you didn't worry about the consequence and you didn't pay any mind to potential negative reactions and responses to what it is you have to say or what you're thinking, how often would your truth just come to you readily? easily and with confidence and competence because it's my story that it's the editing and the censoring of who we are that's built this awful cycle of not really showing up. So give that some thought and I'm going to find you right on the other side of this break. So this 
this is kind of how it all went down. Right now, the town that I'm staying in is kind of like a small little coastal town. The only way I know how to describe it is it's basically made of a, a singular main street where all the shops and restaurants are, a little beaches at the end of it, but then it's mostly like residential area all around and you know, on either side of the main street. So the post office I use is on this main street. And every day I'm walking to the post office and every day there's Jehovah's Witnesses who are on a street corner and they're asking me if I've found Jesus, if I'd like to welcome Jesus into my life. And it's not my vibe, not my tribe. So I just kind of wave and walk on by. Yesterday, I noticed this group of kids around two individuals at that same corner. And they were kind of loud and reambunctious, and I couldn't really figure out what was going on. I was thinking of my to-do list in my head. I was half paying attention, half not paying attention, when all of a sudden one of the kids said, oh, and I suppose you're going to tell me about Jesus. Jesus! And then I realized there was this group of teenagers circling around two older people, clearly the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I watched my body almost start to cross the street. When I look back at how quickly this all happened and how it went down, all I can think of is some sort of body memory took over. And I realized that I took a step onto the street because I didn't consciously think about any of this. And I don't remember having a conscious thought that I was going to intervene. But then suddenly, just as quickly, my foot moved off the street and I started walking over to the kids. And they were getting louder and laughing and pointing at these two people. And it was really an awkward, horrible, mean situation. Um, and I said to the kids, hey guys, come over here. Just come over here for a second. And they kind of stopped and two of the girls kind of looked at each other nervously. It was two boys and three girls. Um, and I said, guys, just come over here. Just come, 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 come. And I got them to come over me to me, and I said, "Listen, I don't like what those two people are doing. Any, I, you know, either. I, it's not my vibe. I don't like being talked to about Jesus on my way to the post office. But like, you get to say what you want to say. They get to say what they want to say. Freedom of speech. That's the way the world works. But the difference is, is they woke up this morning thinking that they were doing the right thing." And I want to ask you if you think you're doing the right thing. Because if you have something to say, talk to me. Tell me what you think. Pick on someone your own size. Because go back and look at them. Look at their faces. You've scared them. And I just stopped. And I let that sink in for a second. And one of the girls started to cry. And one of the boys said, ma'am, like, you know, they were just interrupting our conversation. You weren't there. And I said, D -d 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 stop, stop. Like, look at them. You've made them nervous. Were they making you scared or were they just irritating you, perhaps? Or did you feel entitled because that's kind of the common thinking and feeling of Jehovah's Witnesses in the general public that you thought you would have permission to be somehow better than them? Because there's five against two and there's something wrong with that equation. And one of the girls is kind of whimpering and crying, and she asked me if I'm going to call the cops or what my plan is. And I said, no, I just want to talk to you. I'm not calling the cops. I'm not doing anything. And one of the other girls then said, but ma'am, you don't. And I, I cut her off, and I put my hand up, and I said, do you have grandparents? And suddenly I had two crying teenager 
two, two, two crying teenage girls in front of me. And, you know, a boy looking down and kind of scuffing and kicking his shoe in the sand a little bit. And I said, now stop and think. Um, and I just left it there. And I left them in that moment for a second. And I let them absorb the enormity of what they were doing and what they had chosen for themselves. It was never my intention to create a one against five scenario. It was simply body memory for me because my clinical training and my background professionally was working with teenage kids in residential. So groups of kids don't really bother me, don't intimidate me. I have a feeling if I had stopped and thought about it, I might not have intervened. I might have tried to do something else because again, it was just instinct to kind of go in, stop and say, you know, know, stop and intervene with the situation. And they all kind of like went heads down and, you know, and walked away. And looking back on it, I was telling my husband the story and I was like, oh my God, I never went back to the old people to see if they were okay. So it was almost like, well, my job here is done and I walked away. So I kind of feel silly that I didn't check in on them and make sure that they had calmed down and were feeling okay. But it was this idea that my, my gut, just led me to where I needed to be and the words I needed to say came out. It was like I trusted my talent, I trusted my experience, and I trusted myself that if it wasn't going to go well, I would figure it out. I think a lot of times we're leaving our gut on the side of the road in these conversations. We're trying to tune into business acumen and strategy, and we're trying to find the best way or the perfect time to deliver a message. And sometimes we just have to freak can show up. We just have to have a thought, have an opinion, and be unafraid to share it, to trust in ourselves, our talents, our abilities, to deliver a message, to do the right thing. But sometimes the right thing's going to be provocative. Sometimes the right thing's going to put us in an uncomfortable situation. Sometimes, like for me yesterday, the right thing is going to put me in a situation where suddenly I'm like, I don't know how this one's going to go, but I've started something, so I got to go with it. It, but we have to lean into that. We're overthinking the process. And I think when we do that, we're robbing ourselves of our insights, our talents, and our strengths. I want you to think about times you have ignored your body memory. The times you have ignored your instincts. The times when you've left who you really are on the side of the road. And I want you to ask yourself, is your life harder or easier because of those choices? Is your personal happiness greater or less than because of your choices? And how's your business doing with that attitude? Are you helping or hurting your bottom line? I think it's time that we get real with ourselves, that we look at the natural consequences of not showing up in a way that's easier. Everybody in the entrepreneurial space likes to say, keep it simple, stupid, and you can get all the likes on that, and everybody shares it, and everybody says, yes, we'll pay for simple, etc., etc. But when it comes down to it, simple scares the crap out of us. We worry that it's not good enough 
enough. We worry that someone's going to call us out and we're going to be seen as a fraud, that we have to be shiny, sassy, and new, that we have to puff up and represent. But what are we really representing when we do that? And are we making any sense? Are we connecting on our message? Because from where I sit, I think we're just playing it safe. We're trying to be neutrally liked by everyone in order to avoid being royally, royally hated and despised by a few. So I want you to think about that. Who would you have been on that street corner yesterday? And if you would have just been the person who crossed the street and walked on by, fine, no harm, no foul. But let's, let's be honest. Let's know who we are. And if you had something to say, would you have said it? Would you have created a situation where you would have felt comfortable to intervene? Or would you have stopped and done nothing simply because you didn't know what to do? Because I think that's what happens in our lives and our businesses. We don't know what to do, so we do nothing. And I think that's the biggest risk of all. Because we never figure out who we are, how we move through the world, or how we show up if we constantly live on the sensor. So I want you guys to think about removing that sensor, being imperfect, being open to whatever happens next, to putting yourself out there in whatever vulnerable way you happen to show up and see what happens next because that's where your heart is. That's where your soul is. That's where your spirit is. And when it comes down to business, that's your unique selling proposition. That's the thing that makes you unique. It's the thing that's going to bring your potential buyers to you. It's going to be the thing that attracts your tribe. It's going to be the start of you finding your raving fans. They're never going to find you if you're just staying in the middle, if you're playing vanilla and you're playing it safe, and you're never going to find yourself. And finding yourself and self-acceptance is the whole point to this. It's why you're listening to the show. It's why you're building a life on your terms. It's why you're hoping and striving for more, why you're daring greatly, and all the other things on this list. So I want you to think about removing the sensor, giving yourself permission to just be you and be willing to see what happens next. I'm also going to need some help here. I'm going to need you to be patient with me and with the show. Today was ridiculous. I wanted to get this uh, show done for you at like 9 o'clock this morning. But I'm trying to juggle my job and juggle the move and getting people scheduled for all the different things we have for the new house. And I'm going to be packing up and unpacking and the whole nine. I want you to bear with me. And I hope you'll consider subscribing to the show because I'm going to bring you along with me on the journey. I know there's more lessons to learn. I know there's more of myself that I'm going to find. And I think by doing that, I'm going to help you find yourselves just a little bit. But I know that my recording schedule may start to get a little erratic, and I know I'm going to miss some days. So I want you to subscribe to the show so that when there's a lesson to be learned, you're able to learn it. Thanks for bearing with me today. I don't know what your regular routine is with this show, but I do know that some of you rely on it being uploaded so you get it in time for your evening commute. And I think that ship has sailed for those of you 
you on the East Coast in the United States. Hopefully, um, those of you um, in other parts of the world will find me just fine. But thanks so much for joining me today, for being patient, for being a part of my journey. I know I can't wait to find out what happens next, and I hope you can't either. Have a great one. Bye for now. Thank you.